what they say. So long, farewell to you, my friend. Goodbye for now until we meet again. Hey, guys. But, you know, it's we're going to meet again. Fam, bam, this is not the end. It's just that I feel like since I gave y'all 10 good consecutive seasons of nonstop, I didn't take a break, a hiatus. It was not like I ever left y'all on red as so-called ghosted y'all. Because, you know, how there's a lot of podcasts out there where they start, they say they're going to come back, they never do, or they take breaks and the breaks be like forever, but you just kind of thrown off for a loop to not even know or have the expectancy to know when they're going to come back until they announce that they're coming back. And at that point, you're like, well, damn, I waited this long. Now I got to reprogram my mind to tap the fuck back in and be on your side again. And I ain't trying, I would never, ever, ever do that to y'all. Y'all know I fuck with y'all a long way. So I'm going to give you the courtesy, you know, of the proper effective communication because we're in this together to let y'all know I'm going to take a little hiatus. I don't know if it's going to be a month. I haven't decided how long it's going to be, but I do need to recalibrate, reset, you know, as Amanda Seal said in her, you know, last episode, not force, but finding my flow. And I feel like I've been forcing this podcast and I've only been able to see so because of looking at the time I spend on my communication with y'all. Like, I don't know. Y'all might have noticed, but I've been getting real shorter and brief. Like, 30-minute episodes ain't me when I'm usually coming from a 45, 53-minute episode just constantly just chatting it up with y'all or, you know, just having a conversation, even if it's one-sided, <laughs> with y'all where there's much more I'm giving y'all. And I feel like I'm depriving y'all because I'm depleted. And I'm going to be honest with y'all. I need to take a step back. It's not you. It's me, baby. It's me. But it's been great. Y'all got more than enough content. Still share, you know, like, whatever, subscribe. But, you know, after I've, you know, released my poetry yesterday, I realized there's so much love that I received in poetry. And it's been 12 years. It's time for me to get back to the original roots of where I found my voice. Before I got the podcast mic, before painting became a passion, it was poetry. And I got to go back to the roots because I feel like that's the only way I'm going to find my next step and destination on my journey in this life. So let's make this a good finale and even still continue to share and show the love and support as y'all been doing. We have 7K downloads. I appreciate all the love. I appreciate y'all so much for just being a support for these 10 seasons so far. I feel like it's just due and let's get prepared for another 10 seasons. You feel me? But um, y'all heard Asteroids by Rhapsody and Hit Boy. Definitely wanted to make that a song, but it's going to be crazy because... The topic of today is called See It Loud. And you would think I would do an intro for Say It Loud. I'm black and I'm proud. Which is so cliche and expected, right? But I was like, I'm going to do something a little different because Asteroids, yo, I'm ready for her rap to drop this album. That's the only thing I care about in 2024 is this album and this tour that she about to do because I ain't been to a Rhapsody tour since the world shut down. That's the last time she really pretty much released the album in 2019 with Eve. The black woman created this tour was the last tour she really did. So I know this is about to be some heat. She finally got her last two samples cleared. So I know this album's about to be what I need to f fulfill my musical soul. Cause I feel like I've been starving musically too, which is why I've been going back into poetry. So I'm ready, but y'all heard Asteroids and I wanted to choose this in particular because See It Loud is something that was a show I think I want to say I seen on Max was a documentary series that talked about the evolution of television when it came to black culture and black television. 
and I like to just say television, but it's just like, we know, we have our own things like black Twitter, black television, that I just want to go ahead and talk about it because when we brought it in with a clone Tyrone was a very big element. And I had watched pretty much a lot of black curated series or sitcoms or docuseries or miniseries that have implemented a lot of my time frame within this whole part of season 10. So, you know, the other black girl was one of them, you know, black cake where there's a lot of historical inf you know, informational, you know, suspenseful series that I'm like, why not end this season? How I started this season. So I felt that was more important. I was originally going to save this for season 11 as a premiere, but I'm like, nah, this can't hold off. We got to let the people have this now. And if we're going to leave them off, you know, fuck the shit up, you know, slow that shit down, you know, on them holiday, you got to make sure you give them the best of the best because y'all deserve the best for me. So today's episode is called See It Loud. And it's just like how it sounds, like James Brown, say it loud, I'm black and I'm proud. And that's exactly what it was. And it's a max docuseries about the progression of black TV, as I told y'all. But there's an evolution now as well that it somewhat touches on because of the evolution of black television. There is an evolution now in music that is being seen as well. And we all know that the start of when it came to roles and figures, as I've talked about before, when it came to black television, is there's a stereotypical... Mamie, which is pretty much an Aunt Jemima, which is pretty much a maid, a dunce, somebody who's a dunce, which is what my grandmother's old way of saying, somebody who's the idiot, you know, the town idiot or the, you know, any uh, whatever. And that's pretty much the roles we were allotted to play is we're always good to play the sidekick or the background, but we were never really given pretty much too many roles of us being in front of the camera and having lead opportunities. So See Aloud was something that caught my attention, especially I watched it randomly after I watched The Other Black Girl, which was a series that was on Hulu, which pretty much showed me a lot of what it is going on in society today with having, you know, The Other Black Girl, how they're always grouping us into generalize who we are as black girls or black women, where they all think we're all ghetto and we all have, you know, AAVE, when some of us are just the conservative black girl. Some of us are the black girl who always challenged herself and happened to be in those AP classes. Some of us are the diverse black girl who literally has a ability to be in any atmosphere, which I call the chameleon, which is what I am, to just be in any space and atmosphere where you're always comfortable because you just have the knowledge and proficiency to just be able to acclimate to your surroundings. You know, you have the tomboy black girl like Rhapsody. You have the, you know, cover girl, i.e. Uh, Queen Latifah. You know, you have every different type of black girl. And you also see the black girl who's the mean girl, which is the Regina George, which I don't know shit about because y'all eh, eh, don't want to hear it. Haven't seen Mean Girls ever. Still need to watch it. Um, where I heard the Regina George is pretty much the epitome of the mean girl ever, where it's that black girl or that black woman who tries to hold back the other fellow black women from opportunities because they feel like once they made it, then that's all that they need to see. But that's not always the picture we've always had when we've seen it out loud. It progressed to that with also show, you know, movies like Two Can Play That Game, that kind of situation. But in reality, there's always been caveats to what it is to be black. And to this day, you ask anybody what it means to be black, they can never give you a straight definition because we are so vast in who we are as a variety, as a people. So 
with the hand in the culture of just not media alone with seeing it out loud, we see it out loud. When I also hear see it out loud, even though it was a Max docuseries about the evolution of television, it shows the evolution of me as a people when it comes to music and all we are in different medias. Because now they're able to take what we have in culture and make it pop and try to make it mainstream, which allows us to feel like we have to assimilate and sell our soul, which brings me back to the thought processes of back in the day. <coughs> Excuse me, y'all. When you used to be like a jester, you would dance when the master said dance. You would entertain when the master said entertain. So it's pretty much a, a thing where I feel like us crossing over to the pop culture as well it now becomes where it's no longer a, pr a sense of pride of empowerment, but more so of a, we still doing this song and dance? You know what I'm saying? So even though it's the progression of the docuseries about television and whole, everything is an intersectionality when it comes to black culture. So when you see it out loud, you're seeing it in music, you're seeing it in television, you're seeing it in cinema, you're seeing it, in corporate America, you're seeing it in creative spaces, you're seeing it all over because we are what makes the fucking world go round, okay? Without us, what would they be able to try to emulate? Think about it, okay? So there's also an evolution now in music that is being seen even more with over-sexualization. And you always know that there's always this adult over-sexualization when it comes to our kids, our children, and now more so when we see it out loud, there's a lot of over-sexualization and messaging that's being perpetuated to now today's generation. So there's an evolution now in music, but there's also things where we have the ability to see the evolution of who we are as a people, as a culture, and a society. So when they constantly throw rocks at us, we throwing back asteroids. That's what Rhapsody said. Did y'all hear what my sis said? We're throwing back asteroids, which in my mind is the analogy of y'all keep throwing rocks and that's fine. Where y'all throw rocks, hide your hands. But in reality, we throwing back asteroids, which means we have far much greater power and people are more amused and astonished by what we can do because of who we are. Don't let that go over your head. So when you have stuff like now, because we're in the prime season of like, you know, the Academy Awards, you get to see now the changes and shifts of what it is to say when Issa meant when it says I room for everybody who black. Right. So you have Emmy wins such as Quinta, you know, Quinta Brunson, Storm Reed, A.O., uh, Nisi Nash, Betts, Kiki Palmer, who are finally getting the just do of what they deserve in their creative spaces as actresses, um, Quinta getting the best female in a comedy series, which hasn't happened since 41 years ago, when you had Luis win it from the Jeffersons, right? So it's not like she's the first, but it's the first in 40 years, just like it was for, you know, Shirley Ralph being the first in 36, 37 years since Jack A. Harry from 227. Why are we constantly giving accolades to these first as if it's just showing us how far we've come and how much more we have to go. Cause 40 years ago was not that long. 37 wasn't either. 38 wasn't either. So it just shows how we're starting to be loud when we're seeing it, we're seeing it loud because we're saying it loud, which is forcing them to get uncomfortable and now really acknowledge our talents as a people and stop trying to snub us from what's politically correct and right to in their eyes in this Hollywood society. 
So the downfall is that more black shows are being canceled without a chance too, because you have these bright opportunities of, you know, Quintus Storm, A.O. Nisi, Kiki, who are winning these Emmys, but then you're now having the downfall of black shows that are being canceled without a chance, which happens to be people who are canceling television, not just because black people aren't watching, because we're tuning the fuck in, we're supporting everybody who's black. But it's the fact that white people don't see enough of themselves and representation that they're automatically not giving the numbers and they're nixing it because they don't have any assimilation or correlation to what they're watching. And we all know when whitey don't get what they want, whitey will be the first one to take it away because why they have the power and the power is in the dollars. And not many of us have that same power in the dollars to be in the rooms where they make these executive decisions to take what we need to see as reputation repu, of representation of ourselves <clears throat> rap shit yeah y'all heard what i said rap shit see it out loud say it out loud rap shit they took rap shit rap shit was good for two seasons and rap shit literally had the camaraderie with the intersectionality of music and television because you had executive producers such as the city girls and a lot of people of the Miami culture to actually impart to give Issa what was necessary to show what it is to make it in America now when it comes to trying to get big from the whitewashing to the cultural appropriation to having a fuck to give to the top, to the disrespect of black women. Issa covered every fucking base in this show. Per usual is what she does as she did in Insecure. So what, what, why would we expect anything less from Issa? You see what I'm saying? We don't expect anything less because it's Issa fucking Ray. But to take it after two seasons and not even really give it the chance when it was at its peak of its climax to really like engage you is fucked up. I feel like what they just did with rap shit, because everybody was mourning it on black Twitter, is exactly what they did when it came to Lovecraft Country. Taken too soon. Now, what I will say, even though this has nothing to do, on a side note, they take away black cake because black cake was my shit. I'm not even going to talk too much about it, but black cake was my shit. They take away black cake and don't come back for a second season. We're going to have fucking problems, Salute. Word to my mother, we gonna have problems. We can square the fuck up today, because y'all gonna have me fucked up. Y'all take away black cake and don't bring that shit the fuck back the way y'all left us on the cliffhanger. I want to fight everybody. Line them up. Line them up. Just like I want to fight everybody at max. Line them the fuck up. Because I feel like Paramount's on some bullshit. And I feel like because they went through this whole transition of the strike, I feel like this is the way they're trying to retaliate to make ni make niggas, I said what I said, make niggas pay for the decisions they made for taking the money out of their pockets when they lost it for them five to six months. Real shit. I'm going to keep it a stack with y'all. Real shit. So, rap shit, which was literally a hit by Issa Rae, only had the two seasons. They didn't cancel it because of ratings. Because I know them fucking ratings were through the roof. Like, I know it because you had the same audience and people from Insecure giving you that same energy because it was Issa's shit on rap shit. That everybody is mourning its loss. The show gave opportunity to real people diving into a creative lane, such as Jonica Booth, who was from BGC 12 Chicago. Like, Jonica Blue, if y'all are like me, who are real millennials, you know what I'm saying, who know what's up and know about Bad Girls Club. Bad Girls, okay? If you know that intro, we grew up in the same generation. 
But Jonica Blue Booth, which is who we knew as Blue on BGC, because how we got you introduced to her, always said she wanted to be an actress. I followed Jonica's journey from Bad Girls Club, post Bad Girls, to the point of where she is now being on rap shit. And that was pretty much her element, being dupe, where it gave her a real opportunity to show her craft outside of just not reality TV, but the real that she could bring in the reality of what it is in a fictional space. You know what I'm saying? Like, canceling shows like this, having people to get the opportunity to make their big break and then taking away what a lot of people really want to see is why I feel we need to see it loud and say it loud. Because once they see we're too comfortable in the space and we're showing too much ethnic, you know, Afrocentricity, it's an issue. It becomes a problem because it makes them so uncomfortable. Because little do y'all not know, if y'all listen to Amanda Seals' podcast when she had, you know, high side effects of dealing with Karens, deconstructing Karens, the white woman is the most fucking hated. Well, they're not hated, but they are hated outside of them. But the most people in their own culture who hate each other and have no true origins of connection. They don't like us because we come together like, yes, polka dots. Yes, girl, you better do that, sis. Black girl magic. Da, da, da. We're a hashtag. You will never really see white women come together. And y'all look at these reality shows where they're not at each other's necks because of what one another has, what they don't have in each other's business because one wants to be better than the other. They never really think to come together to uplift like we do in our culture. And because that's something that they are so hell-bent and jealous of, by any means necessary, they're going to try to deconstruct and deprogram anything that we innately have because they can't have it. But they want to emulate it, though. But they not they don't got our sauce. So the easiest way to do it, disband it. Let's, let's just get rid of it all together. And that's what I mean Why when I seen the docuseries see allow how the evolution of television and media was so important because there's so many parts of being a black person that being black is just the foundation, but you have so many derivatives of being black, being queer, being a black man, being a cisgender woman, a single mother. There are so many different derivatives of being black that there are so many people that can connect to these different images. And they were like so profound in this because I think Issa was so dope bringing in the City Girls as EPs where they pretty much gave a parody of their come up in the fictionalization through the show. But Issa made sure everybody ate in some way, the same way she did as on Insecure. And that's another thing too, like when we out here fighting, I think the whole reason why the strike was what it was, because we literally band together brown, black, which is what I mainly seen on the picket lines. I don't know about anybody else that were coming together. Let us know, like, you're going to pay us our worth. Everybody's going to eat. If you're going to eat off the fact that we're doing the work, we want to eat too. So we should be the ones eating because we're the ones doing the work. And I, I felt that's what, what Issa was giving while she had people like Blue on the show giving opportunities. You also had to see it loud when it comes to shows like Saturdays that was canceled, which was created by another deal breaker and history maker, Marseille Martin. You know, you had hip hop legends like Yo-Yo who were able to expand beyond the mic of how we were introduced to her in the 80s into a realm of Disney television, which is something the polar opposite because now she's in a seasoned part of her career where she probably wants to have it, where her grandkids are going to have be able to have a connection to her outside of just her music. 
And that's important because, like I said, there's always an intersectionality. There's always a way where there's a door open that opens up another door, which I always say is whatever movements you're making, you're not making for yourself. You're making for the culture as a whole for whatever generation comes behind us. This gave a chance to show the reality of the world today. We know skating is now a thing where that's our thing where we're now coming back to it, where skating together and having a crew is how we connect. So to give the chance to the world to see the reality of what it is today with an all-girl skate crew who live in the same lives and those in their community, which is like those of their mothers, you know, their community leaders, their mentors, Seeing that skating is what brought them together to now bring it together in this generation just shows the generation, the positives and generational, you know, passing generational wealth of knowledge and self and togetherness of how much it is to have a sisterhood. And that's what I feel that Saturday shows was bringing them together and showing true sisterhood. I feel like the louder we are because we're showing what it is to show what it is to be a black person in this community it's excuse me bothering them more and more because they can't they can't understand and see like why can't we break them how do they come together when that was not a part of our plan and mel smith said it best the danger of white audiences not being required to find enjoyment in stories that don't center them is why we are getting these shows removed I swear to y'all, go watch See It Loud, the documentary, and you will understand exactly what I mean by that. Because when they're not seeing their own representation, it's like, well, if I can't associate, why are we looking at this? But we have to be able to be in their white savior complexes and their stupid ass tropes of tragedy to triumph every time we have a fucking movie or something that they want to fund. They're always represented. And make it pointed that they hate themselves so they envy the love and support we show in the black and brown for our own. And there is a desire to keep the tragedy to try and choke for their inferiority. Like, Run the World was another gem that was given the gateway to proceed thanks to shows we call such as Girlfriends. Such as Insecure. Such as Harlem. Like, these are the shows that are coming off the backs of Girlfriends and those before it. Like, 227. You know what I'm saying? The reflection of being women who pursue higher education while defending the black woman in boardrooms and classrooms is what we needed to see. You know what I'm saying? That's what Run the World gave us. Hell, even the show, the desire from getting from under the most evil devil of them all, the white woman, to pursue an entrepreneurship was a message to the masses. And that, that just showed the true essence of what it is to be a creative. When we had people like Khadijah James in Living Single or Maxine Shaw at Law, Max the Maverick or, you know, Sinclair and, and Regine. This is the stuff that we needed to see again, but for this generation to appreciate it in a language that they understand outside of having to go back to the 90s. You ever realize a lot of us millennials stick to the shows from the 90s is because that's when we really seen us be represented and depicted and we've literally try to, I don't want to say idolize it, but cherish it because we don't get those type of shows anymore because they're so quick. Once they realize we find out the secret formula and how it is to get syndication, which is after 100, 100 episodes, this is why these shows are still playing on major networks and on these streaming platforms. They were like, we don't want to keep having this because we know we about to be waste. I told y'all 2050, these motherfuckers, it's going to be nothing but mixed race, race and interracial babies where the white 
is no longer be the, the majority, but more so the minority. And the inferiority in the process where they now are in a superiority complex is what's being threatened and they don't like it. They don't like it. So the heartaches of the makeup to break up because most black women prioritize a luxury and overwork ethic before their happiness is something we've seen around the world. The downfall of taking the 20 over 80 all because in the moment of self-absorption, there's a desire that to think that the grass is green on the other side when the heart wants what it wants. You know, there's a whole entanglement that goes on where it's okay to go back where home is because your husband was what you thought you wanted something else because you saw the 20% that looked like the goods and glam, but that real comfortable 80 wasn't as bad because you realized there was stability and that's where the love resides. We need to see that type of show. We need to see that out loud because we're no longer playing maids and fetch it and, uh, you know, the, the town idiot. We're no longer in those spaces. We're taking up the spaces we deserve to be in. You know, you have shows like Swagger, my favorite show on Apple TV outside of Truth Be Told, where Swagger was created by Kevin Durant. And this was a show that was able to display intersectionality for young black and brown boys. It was able to show how the dreams of only wanting to go to the NBA aren't enough and that they should always be education to fall back on. It showed them what it is to have a moral ethic, what it is to have a moral standard, to hold each other accountable, what brotherhood looks like. Which is shows that we don't get often nowadays either. What it is to love on your fellow brother. You know, showing the bravery to speak out against predators who prey on female athletes who are not who no one defends, but they hold them accountable, these grown ass men, because these stories are always lost in transition. We need to talk about these traumas. We need to talk about the tragedy that happens where we sweep shit under the rug. It's necessary. Because there's girls like me who were preyed on by school, you know, school officials who I had to speak up, but nobody listened. And it took 15 years after when another white girl is having the same situation with this same black man that now they want to address it and make it known that he's a predator. Why? Why? Why are we not listening the first time? This is why we have to see it loud and say it loud. This is why we have to make it known that even though it's just television, that black television is what we need as a society to be able to open those doors for those awkward conversations to be able to progress. To me, Swagger was a modern day love and basketball for Gen Z. Where the truth was told. You know, and as truth be told with Octavia Spencer showed off how important it is to how we are to have, you know, how we are each other's business. Amanda Seals always, always say we are each other's business as we lift each other up. I forgot. I always forget the phrase. But we are each other's business. And, you know, sometimes sticking your nose in the business of your community is necessary. When those Shaniquas are ignored over the Mollies when it comes to child trafficking, abduction in the justice system having the biggest hand and the reason why they fall through the cracks. Because nine times out of ten, a lot of the justice system or a lot of the police officials are behind the trafficking and are able to hide behind those badges the same way that they used to back in the day with the KKK. Because you had Andy and Amos. I don't know if y'all remember that. It was the first ever black television show to ever premiere on national television who are able to hide behind these badges and kill our black men, kill our black kids. But they're saying they're for the community, but they're really here to destroy it. We needed to see that. We needed to see what it was to take how to be a black woman who to be a black woman vigilante in real life. 
without having a real cape on, but you're wearing a cape, but it's not one we could see. But how important it was to have that one voice bring together community to save lives. How one who was a part of the system uses their own experience to change the system from within, even if that means you became a principal who oversteps to risk it all to protect others like you. That's what Gabrielle Union's character was about. In, you know, um, truth be told, she, she was trafficked. Haitian mother didn't speak English, did what she had to do to get trafficked to be able to get her mother's citizenship and ended up being in a whole type of ring where she finally got herself out and thought to herself, I want to be the change that I want to see. So being a principal allows us to be the eyes, ears and be hands on with these kids to avoid what happened to me to happen to them. That I'll risk my whole job, my reputation to protect my students because I wish somebody would have protected me. I want us to get into that mindset. When we see it loud and say it loud, that we don't just do things off the recognizance of protecting ourselves, but protecting others in our community. Black Lady Sketch Show was another one that was canceled. And this show exists because of Whippy Goldberg with her one woman, her one woman show. And then a, a person like Flip Wilson. Flip Wilson was the first black man to really have a variety show. That's what Black Lady Sketch Show was. This was a time to bring in all black and brown actresses who have been seasoned. But Robin Thede created a space for the comedic creatives to flourish. You have now have people who are on Instagram, such as Angel, and being placed into a variety show. You have seasoned people like Gina Torres and Kyla Pratt intermingling with Issa Rae and Tracy Ellis Ross. We're never going to probably get that again where they're going to fund that. You see what I'm saying? This is the shit we need to see it loud to know it exists, to know that it's possible. This show ignited I see you situation where you have mixed satire with conscious comedy. The Wonder Years was another show that I watched as a kid, but the Wonder Years reboot was a necessity to see it loud. To see a two-parent household family that was middle class in the most racist red state of the, of, of the mall, Alabama. The mother being an auspicious alum, alumna of the HBCU, Alabama State, while working for the state in a position in the 50s where racism, racism was at its highest. To seeing a father be an adjunct professor who pursues his passion as a musician in a jazz band. They're doing all of this while raising three kids, but it being a story told through the lens of a young, awkward black boy finding his place in society. You're going to tell me that's worth canceling? In the society we are in today, where we're literally allowing the history of the past to be displayed in the present in our own lens. Because if y'all really know how I know Wonder Years growing up watching that white family, what does it mean if I sing you a song? Those Nick and Knight, they know what I'm talking about. But this is what we need because there's another awkward black boy out there who's living in the same structure to know that it's normal and it's that's not normalize a single parent household as much as we should be able to praise and normalize a two parent household where both parents are making money, where both parents are living their dreams, when actually the mother is making more money than the father. And she's the breadwinner. 
but she has a voice in her marriage. We need to see this, especially with the toxic masculinity that's constantly being portrayed and put on these podcasts and these airwaves. It's necessary. The realness of having a son be in the military and come back with PTSD while facing the prejudice of the country, even though he served and sacrificed just like his white counterparts, still exists today. How many, at least in the, I know there's at least one or a few of us out here who know somebody who served the military, came back, had PTSD, and still doesn't get the respect just due that's put on their name after they risked their lives to protect this country and they're just still seen as another nigga. Let's, let's, let's just be real about it. Let's keep it a stack. The harsh reality of facing how we one day reverse roles with our parents when we become the parents of them and they're them the child. He, the father, ended up having to look after the, his, his father, which was the grandfather, because he was getting too old and senile to drive. That's a reality that we don't see often where we as black step up to take care of our family and keep it in-house to make sure that we keep the lineage and history alive. Where we take it and step outside of our selfish ass because this is a, a, a capitalistic, a capitalism, individualistic society where they're pushing the narrative of put your families in a home, somebody else get paid for somebody else to get a dollar. When in reality, what you need to do is take care of the, that season, that senior, and keep them in house for as much as information you can of your own history. When you have an oral diary, and give as much into them as they've given to you. And you know what's funny? The funny thing about it is the original Wonder Years was able to get syndication. And the difference here was the melanin in the skin. You give these, you give us too much. These niggas not going to know how to act. I'm pretty sure that's what the fuck they were saying in the office or in the rooms. Ain't no way. Then what broke my heart when it came to seeing it out loud. Grand Crew. They canceled fucking Grand Crew. Did y'all hear what I said? They canceled Grand Crew. Grand Crew was the best show ever. It showed of a group of middle-aged black millennials coming together over their love of wine. If that's not my gener... 90s babies. And I do mean up to 93. And I'm even stretching it there. Are you hearing me when I say this, millennials? This is, this is our lives because Grand Crew came around at the time after the pandemic when we really were becoming those aunties and uncles, having diversified their palates to even, want, to even when one wants to become a sommelier. That's not a common profession for a black person to be a sommelier. Are you kidding me? The truth from my generation, millennials, this is legit how we are surviving through life from brunches to bottled wine. This was my life on TV. This is where art imitated life and life imitated art. The representation to have the life imitate the art was the genius behind the show that made all of us tune in. This is why we have to see it out loud and keep pushing this envelope because of where we came from to where we are. They're trying to make it where we go back to where we came from. And we don't know. We have to fight. Say it loud. I'm black and I'm proud. Let them know we are here to stay. We're not going anywhere. So these cancellations are part of only a little bit of what I've seen in that docuseries. But the intersectionality, how we're all each other's business, and at some point we're all affected by the decisions being made, literally is what I'm trying to get as the premise in this season finale. These shows mentioned, along with many others, are why we need to see it loud. 
when we see it, these shows are what need to be able to have the chance to be syndicated and get their 100th episode so they can be staples for the next generation in black culture. They know once syndication hits, they will continue to be reminded of their mundane and boring lifestyles that they hide behind in labels and name brands. And once that happens, the risk to be exposed, especially after that six-month-long stint of protesting, is what pushes to be where it's at. They didn't like that we fought back. Fighting back? Oh, y'all y'all got words to say? Y'all want to sit here and tell me y'all not going to work? Y'all not going to give us what we need to keep our billion-dollar pockets lined? What the fuck you think this is? We run this show, not you. You work for us. We don't work for you. It's still slavery in a form. That's what the fuck I pretty much can guarantee us what the fuck they were thinking in their mind. And I will never in my life understand the need to erase us because we are what make television, television. A revolt to go against us seeing ourselves outside of the cliche will be a thorn in their sides because they see it out loud. But I got one thing to say. Get used to it. You can't hold the real ones down and continue to see it out loud and be black and be proud. And that's all I got to say. As I always say on air, let's keep it real. And always remember, be real, be true, and always be unapologetically you. I love y'all from the bottom of my heart. And hopefully y'all will make it y'all business to see it out loud and say it out loud. Peace, love, and everything in between. I'll catch y'all in season 11. Back from my ladies, about 60-40, I'm just making observations, niggas call it top chasing, huh? When I mention Jay, fuck y'all, y'all just mad cause he don't know y'all, maybe. <laughs> I went rock boy to hot boy to hip 